Gorillas by now, let's not fuck about. We're here to do some fantasy booking. It's going to be wildly different to what uh, you're going to get. And this is a podcast we've been trying to do for quite a while. But we're finally here. We're going to book WrestleMania 37 in our own vision. I'm Scott McLeod. You know how we like to do things uh, differently when these bookings we we put in like special simulations, like just doing the Rumble matches, trying to put SummerSlam on a boat, having a segment with Retribution at the end of Survivor Series. And I did float the idea of, a t- of booking both nights of WrestleMania. I'm the only one who did that. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll plough through. Uh, Jimmy is not joining us uh, for this one. He's too busy to talk to our friends, you know. I wrote him, but he still ain't calling. Um, <laughs> uh, the rookie, the virgin of fantasy booking, uh, Carl Pierce is here. Hello, I am here to drag you both down. <laughs> uh, I don't think that will be possible, Carl, because if that was possible, <laughs> that would go to our next uh, finalist here. Because the only reason this he agreed to another fantasy booking pod is so he could continue wherever this odyssey he's got going with John Cena. Nathan <laughs> <laughs> Greenaway is here. Oh. When we first started, hello, by the way, when we first started doing these last year, last year, like these would all open with, yeah, we're going to book something better than what you're going to get for the WWE. And I feel like, Scott, over the year of this, you've become more dejected in your intros. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't think it really matters. I, I booked, I tried to book some snaggins, especially around the 24 7 title, and then I've tried to entry more and more snaggins as I go on. I still find myself like just booking a decent wrestling show, and I think like that's not what people listen to our fantasy booking for. Uh, they, they listen to it for whatever the hell you keep producing because you keep outshining everybody. Like, well, especially <laughs> the read through of Survival uh, <laughs> that must have been uh, probably your finest work. That was uh, great. I was I was dejected after you read it the entirety of Chick Fil A's menu at twelve and half twelve in the morning. <laughs> it was a key part to the story. I think I don't remember. Yeah, you see, I, I'm I, a bag. I'm a bag of nerves. I mean, how am I going to live up to to this? We're really anyway. hyping it up. Like this might be this might be trash because I wrote this a long time ago, and I also decided this time to write this in. Legitimately, I wrote this in forty five minutes, and then it was. I would say pencils down, but I was using a laptop. Uh, so I just put my laptop politely on the floor and walked away, <laughs> thinking I would come back to it like a couple of days ago, a couple of days later. Uh, but no, here we are, about five weeks after the fact, riddled with just sentences that don't make sense. And uh, yeah, we're here. I had I'm a excited, match. Scott. I told Nathan before this, like, I had a match that... I wrote down as a placeholder, and I thought, I'll find something better. Checked a few minutes before we recorded, I thought, that's still there. And then I <laughs> replaced, I re- I've replaced it. I've replaced it. Uh, and I wonder if you can tell, out of all the matches, what one sounds like it was written, like, five minutes before this started. <laughs> My favourite bit is that mine, where I copy and pasted something, it just still has the hyperlink in it. <laughs> so it's just still in blue on there. <laughs> So we're going to do this as we usually, we usually like to come around to everybody in section and they uh, read a little bit of the cards and we go around a certain order. We're going to go Carl, me, Nathan, because as Nathan uh, is regressing his, I think it's best to leave him to last. Oh, that's uh, it. Make make the new boys start. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I, well, I'm hosting. I, 
I, I pulled the order out of my arse. <laughs> 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 also, Carlos nine matches across a one night uh, media. So every time we come down, he's just going to do one match or any, any related shenanigans. Uh, every time we come down, otherwise he would finish a lot earlier than the rest of us. It's nothing to be ashamed of having stuff all. But, you know, that's how we're going to do it. I'm going to read you, like, maybe two or two or three matches slash shenanigans, depending on how much left I've got. You know, I was roped into this late, so I, I did this quick, and it wasn't in the brief that I had to split it up into two nights. Well, it was Nathan who who, me- who messaged you, and I'm pretty sure you'd forgotten it was two nights as well, so that's probably why I didn't yeah. tell you. I didn't even consider it. Oh, it's not that I <laughs> left out on purpose. I just didn't even think about it. So apologies. No worries. I mean, it never crossed my mind to split it up into two nights either, to, to be fair. Well, let's, can... see let's, let's see what you did put together. And Carl, we'll start with your WrestleMania, how it opens and what your first match is. Okay, so this is WrestleMania goes Disney. So imagine Disney finally buys the WWE and they're going to pile some of their Disney ideas into the matches and uh, the WWE itself. <laughs> but, I mean, this is going to be a complete cluster, no doubt, but I'm going to carry on regardless. <laughs> I like it. Sorry, there's the title for the episode, WrestleMania 37, fantasy booking presented by Disney. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> just just did mention of Disney being involved. I thought he's going to fit right in on this booking pod, isn't he? There's yeah. going to be some. There's going to be some questionable matches that might not be Disney esque. So you know, there's a few. Might be a few loopholes that you, you know, just they wouldn't do that. So you know, we'll we'll just have to gloss over shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you say that, like, because we all know that. Shane McMahon is a big fan of these podcasts. His eyes just lit up with the thought of <laughs> jumping off the Disney castle. I don't know if I booked Shane, actually. I can't remember now. It's not anyway. about Shane. I am booked him. No, I didn't book him. Either. Are we ready for the first match? So, um, if you say Goofy. No, no. Um, so, the first, the first match is for the, um, it's for the 24-7 Championship. And it features R-Truth, obviously, Freddie Prince Jr., (laughs) Drew Gulak, Drake Maverick, Bad Bunny, and our favourite, Jinder Mahal. I had to get him on the card. I had to get him on the card somehow. Okay, Carl's been removed. (laughs) Went too far. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, it starts off with the usual... 24-7 shenanigans, everyone chasing each other around the ring and trying to get quick roll-up finishes to to win this prestigious title of all titles. We have Bad Bunny, whoever he is, trying to roll up Drake Maverick, but Drake kicks out. Jinder then rolls up R-Truth, but Freddie Prince Jr. is there with a chair shot to break up the pin. Freddie Prince Jr. tries to cover Jinder, but Gulak comes flying off the top row with a crossbody. And it's one, two, no! Truth 
is there to break up the pin. He rolls up Drew Gulak for the one, two, three. And our truth retains his 24 7 11 European Hardcore Championship. <laughs> but what's this? What's this? It, out of nowhere, from behind, Charlotte Flair attacks our truth with a kendo stick. <laughs> she lays him out. She puts her foot on our truth's prone chest. The referee counts one, two, three. And Charlotte Flair is your new 24 7 champion. Out <laughs> of everything that we're about to say, that's the most unrealistic thing that's going to happen. I think that's quite realistic. Charlotte Flair winning the 24 7 champion. <laughs> She's got to get all the belts. She's got to get all those belts. Come on. Scott, is that the first time you've ever heard someone say the phrase prone chest? To my old, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Felt a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weird guy. So that's Carl's first match. We'll come back to see how he continues the match to a good start for Carl. It's <laughs> uh, not bad. WrestleMania 37, here's my one. Uh, night one. No, I thought I, I thought I just laid it. I slid in one line about the kickoff. Nothing really happens. But Sammy's arrived at WrestleMania to present the world premiere of his new documentary, and he's told he can't go out to the ring to present it on the kickoff because Bad Bunny's doing a song. Uh, then going to the the main show, we are in Raymond Chain Stadium for one noteworthy spot on night two, and the opening for WrestleMania 37 night one. Is a ladder match for the 24-7 championship. It's not a multi-man match. It's a two-person match. It's R-Truth versus Carmella. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Carl Pierce. That's the thing. I'm, I'm in the match. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird coincidence it would be if you were. <laughs> but yeah, the former fabulous truth have exploded. Which goes back to my Royal Rumble booking where they both got into, uh, over the 24-7 title. But they're having a ladder match. Carmella tries to exploit the fact that Archer used to be part of his character that he didn't like ladders. And so he's making him too afraid to climb up and get the, the title. Reginald uh, is getting involved as well. One of the other uh, undercard wrestlers keep coming out to try and climb the ladder and claim the 24 7 title for themselves. Eventually, Archer, no, at one point, Reginald is climbing up. He's got to get the title for Carmella, kind of like James Ellsworth a few years ago. But then Archer's on the other end. He starts pushing the ladder. And Reginald does a perfect moonsault off the ladder to the outside on all the prone bodies. Artruf is amazed by it. Well, the athleticism he's just seen from the sommelier turns around into a super kick by Carmella. He claims the ladder. Carmella kicks off WrestleMania as your 24-7 champion. <laughs> uh, moving on to match number two. Uh, is that I've got a segment after the second match, and I think maybe I'll stop there because I've got two nights to do. Yeah, sure. Uh, US Championship match, Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle's the champion going into it. He and Keith Lee, I didn't really have much else to say. I just wanted Keith Lee on the card. They both just like battered each other. You know, Keith Lee, because he's strong and I'm sure they could find a way of gimmicking it, he just breaks Matt Riddle's scooter with his bare hands. Uh, 
It's a version of the big bank catastrophe off the middle rope to beat Riddle and Keith Lee becomes your new United States champion. You know, we had a bit of shenanigans, you know, uh, you know, multi-person, uh, multiple people getting involved in your opening match. Then it's a good work rate match for your second match over the US title. We go backstage to Carmelo's locker room. She's celebrating with Reginald getting her special champagne. She sends him away to get similar things for her. She turns around and says, wait, you're... And she gets smacked in the face off camera. But all you can see her being hit with is a Hall of Fame plaque that says 2021 on it. It's Molly Holly uh, who pins Carmella <laughs> to win the 24-7 championship. She runs away. Original comes back after the fact. And Carmella fires Reginald for leaving her alone and leaving her prone to lose the 24-7 title. Uh, Molly Holly doesn't get much time to celebrate. She's in the hallway. She runs into the R-Truth. He goes, Hardcore Holly! I remember you from the Rumble. <laughs> I remember having a Rumble booking. rolls up Holly Holly to win the 24 7 title. I think I'll stop there for now. Man, Hardcore Holly's one of those returns that we need. I know it didn't even happen in your mania, but. Yeah. <laughs> just one day. I, I don't even think to, to have her use a, a Hall of Fame plaque. I just, as we were sitting down to do this, I thought, oh yeah, she went into the Hall of Fame. I've not watched the. The 2021 portion yet, but I thought she'll use that. What else is he going to? Was she even announced when you when you wrote this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ad libbing, ad libbing as he goes. That's powerful. What a, what a man. So Nathan, now what we've been waiting for, please. I don't know how much you're going to. You said you had like eight pages worth here, so give us yeah, at least half about... a page or so of this. Yeah, I've chopped it down. I've taken out some of it. Some of the stuff. So I'm down to about about six now. Uh, but yeah, I, I will begin. <clears throat> a city in ruin. Rubble lined the streets. A billowing uh, sorry, a pirate ship on flat on fire billowed a cloud of smoke out, which blocked out the sun. Atop a pile of bricks, smouldering, laid a pair of torn and broken jorts. This was it. This was how John Cena died. Zack Snyder's The Cena Chronicles, <laughs> Chapter 73, <laughs> WrestleMania. <clears throat> a few hours earlier, we think. A tired but still absolutely shredded 2017 John Cena stood across the street from the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Time was frozen all around him. This never-ending battle he had been through still hadn't reached its climax. He thought all would be fixed by now. So much had been gained, but this war had taken its toll on our hero. He'd given up everything to fight the ever-breaking time stream, even his child. He thought about his lover, Sigourney Weaver. Why me? said John out loud. A single hyper-American tear ran, ran down his chiseled and weird-looking face. Why did I need to be the one to do this? When does it all end? Time glitched once more. And now John was stood in the middle of what he perceived to be an old western town. Just picture any town from any cowboy movie and you're pretty much there. A, po- <laughs> a poster was cowboy stapled onto a pole in front of the <laughs> in front of the huge t-shirt wearing man it is open was written on it in clearly very expensive ink open what the confused piano player said to himself open what he screamed into the sky open what indeed john turned around to see 2013 timothy oliphant dressed head to toe in purple crushed velvet <laughs> What do you want? Cena then fell to his knees. 
in parentheses, he was obviously wearing knee pads. You know, time can still be saved. You just have to figure it out, Mr. Oliphant said as he lit a really cool cigar. Well, but what can I, a man who allegedly had sex with Amy Schumer, possibly do? I've given up everything. I even lost my child. A dejected leader of the Sea Nation began to sob. He wiped his nose with one of his awful sweatbands and looked into the eyes of Drew Barrymore's future co-star. You know, I was once in a situation not too dissimilar, unsure where I was going. I mean, I didn't time travel, I didn't travel through time and see unthinkable horrors, but I did have a moment where I, I doubted myself. Timothy sat next to the sobbing um, uh, Mandarin speaker. And what did you do? John firmly asked. Well, you see, I just adjusted my attitude. And that's what I'm going to read for now. This <laughs> is some weird John Cena obsession. If you got like John Cena clippings all over your walls in your house. Well, I've only written three stories about him. Although allegedly there are 73 chapters. <laughs> the other... The other 70 odd were written by Callum from Undisputed Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the other 70, nor can I read them, so don't ask me to. They're too graphic. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back around in order back to Carl for his second match for this Disney uh, owned WrestleMania. So, yeah, this is where the Disney really starts to kick in now. We have Nia Jax. Now, no, stay with me. Stay with me. This is Shayna Baszler in a barbed wire exploding ring lightsaber match. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, see, after losing their tag titles to a reformed Iconics, which we'll get to a little later on in the show. Nyra and Shane had their masses split up. Um, there was only one way to settle their fierce rivalry at WrestleMania, and that is with lightsabers and barbed wire. <laughs> so, Who wins? So, obviously... What colour are the lightsabers? I'm getting to all this. I'm getting to all this. So, turning full baby face in the feud, Shayna Baszler comes out as a light Jedi and a green lightsaber. Maya Jax comes out full dark side and to the Imperial March <clears throat> with an impressive entrance flanked by dozens of stormtroopers and probably advertising of Disney's next Star Wars film, which will be due out relatively soon, probably, in this made-up world. Which is real to me, damn it! <laughs> but, the, but the action begins. Both ladies stare at one another before lighting up their sabres. Naya, as I said, with red, Shayna with green pacing around the ring gingerly, trying to avoid the explosives. Nyra and Shane are engaging combat, lightsabers clashing in a fluorescent light-up as they flash at light speed. Shane and Nyra on the back foot. How are they avoiding those explosives? Are they using the force? But Shane trips a bomb, and we get a very damp squib of an explosion. I mean, I don't, I don't know where I could have got that from. <laughs> 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 
Zaya goes in for a finishing blow, but Baser is able to parry. Impressive. Most impressive. A half kick sends Naya backwards into the barbed wire, which clearly and obviously isn't rubber honest. Tangled up in the barbed wire, Naya sinks to her knees. Baser stands over Naya Jacks, ready to bring down her lightsaber for the final killer blow. Naya looks up in horror and screams, No! And then it fades to black. Well, that's it. Last second match. <laughs> last second match, indeed. Oh, I don't know how to move on to what I've got next. <laughs> My next match is a body slam challenge between Omos and Braun Strowman. It didn't have to be a, a body slam match, but they're both tall boys, so I thought, why well, fuck it, make it a body slam match. Uh, Omos uh, tries to get Strowman up, but he can't. AJ's at ringside, AJ's yelling at Omos for not being able to slam uh, Strowman too easily. He's like, come on, let me show you how you do it. And AJ Styles tries to body slam Braun Strowman, and then he gets grabbed and thrown into the barricade, into the first row. And AJ doesn't complain about the people in the uh, in the crowd because he doesn't he probably doesn't believe in COVID. That that, that feels harsh. He's, but you know he's from the south. Strowman. Then Strowman almost tries to make cause a distraction by bringing his old ninja friends out because never forget uh, almost was the giant ninja that one time and that doesn't distract him because. Strowman just murders all the ninjas and then slams almost from Strowman wins. Uh, next up, Sami Zayn is finally coming to the ring to present his new documentary that exposes the conspiracy that is against them. And he actually do see some of the footage. It's titled, The World is Against Me, the Sami Zayn story, where it shows you know, a biased officiating against him and ranting and raving in front of... Uh, Massive board with all these red tape and paper that says Pepe Silva on it. And as the, then suddenly the face cuts off because the camera is focused on R Truth running around ringside because a bunch of people are chasing him for his 24 7 title. Sammy's ratting and raving. He throws his cameraman uh, in harm's way of the running mob. R Truth runs into ring for safety. Sammy Zane takes the opportunity. Halluva kick. Sammy Zane wins the 24 7 championship. <laughs> Go on, Sammy. Uh, I'll, I'll do my next match in that. Uh, next up, we have. And I also have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler facing off. But uh, they go with. Copied by Homework! He's copied by Homework! Damn it! I wrote this weeks ago. <laughs> you copied. You've hacked me. I knew that was you. <laughs> but uh, this has been going since my Survivor Series booking where I had. Uh, Naya turned on Shayna Baszler after they lost the tag team titles uh, and she joined Roman Reigns in the bloodline, teamed with the Rock Star to win the tag titles. They had a, a square off in the Rumble and now they decided to face off at WrestleMania 
in the only match that could end the feud. It's now Jackson Shane Baszler in a fight pit match. What's uh, a fight pit match? You've not seen a fight pit? It's not as good as a lightsaber match. That's what it is, Nathan. No, I, I didn't even <laughs> dare think it was. Especially you know, <laughs> uh, a, a ring with a cage around it, no ropes, and a bit of a platform. Uh, Timothy Thatcher wrestled in it a couple of days. Basically, it might have been uh, MMA kind of mixed with WWE. Yes, I was going to actually, yeah, I was going to make it a lion's den match. You know, like the old Ian Shamrock matches. But I thought, no, I'll make it fight, but it's basically the same thing. You could make it a lion pit match, but there's actual lions. <laughs> Where were you three weeks ago when I wrote this? <laughs> anyway, back to the to the point. So now he's actually going to come in. Now he's like not intimidated. Like I, 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 I got deadly punches. I broke for a heel into his face. But you know, she's not in her element. Eventually, Shuna Baszler has her down where she wants her. Simone Johnson is outside. She's trying to pass like foreign objects to the cage to help to help Naya. She then tries to climb into the fight pit, but all we hear is a song about reputations being blared to the speakers. And out comes Ronda Rousey pointing and everything. She just <laughs> throws, throws Simone Johnson to the ground, locks her in an arm bar as Naya Jax watches on, and then that allows her to get caught in the curve for the clutch and choked out by Shayna Baszler. They celebrate for their friend Ronda Rousey after winning the fight. But... I love it. Uh, also, one last thing, one more 24 7 title thing. This is going to be a constant thing with the 24 7 title over two nights. It's the only reason I wanted two nights. Sami Zayn's backstage thinking, yes, I got one over on them. They will not keep me down. They will not take this 24 7 title away from me. He left the, cab- the camera crew, leave the cameras uh, down. The camera crew goes to get more like batteries because it's about to run out. And then Sammy looks up, as he sees a shadow looming over him, looks up, Braun Strowman is just standing there looking at him. And Sammy goes to try and speak. So Braun Strowman grabs him, throws him through a drywall, and then pins Sammy to win the 24-7 title. <laughs> What's Sammy Zane? Yeah, the conspiracy's real. It really is. I like how you yeah. both have people who clearly shouldn't be in the 24-7 title picture. Just all over it. Ron Strowman and Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Poor so, people. You know, we're clearly wanting to know what happens with Timmy, Timothy Olyphant. Oh, Timothy uh, So last we left off, oh, he was adjusting his attitude. So <clears throat> Timothy Olyphant clicked his, sorry, Timothy Olyphant clicked his majestic fingers and the two Hollywood heartthrobs were transported to some sort of arena a capacity crowd were frozen still in time. John Cena, a man stuck in a never-ending loop of time, looked up confused and saw a banner that read WrestleMania XV. John started counting on his fingers, so X is 10, but what's V? I think V is 15. It is 10, Oliphant pointed out to himself, even though it was 15. Why did you bring me here? John got in the face of Tim, who was now wearing a spacesuit. Suddenly, a loud crash in time. Lightning strikes. It kind of looked like any B-movie. John and Tim were transported backstage at the venue, and they sat behind a table. John Cena now had a pen in his hand, and a booking sheet laid empty on the table. The main event was blurred out. John tried to touch it, but time would not let him. Oliphant, who was now naked, whispered in John's ear, Maybe, just maybe you need to book the end of time. 
John's eyes got real wide as he looked the naked cowboy up and down. Time. Time might reset if its story ends here, at WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the immortals, John Cena said very corporately. Call the buzzwords, you corporate machine, but maybe it can work. Cena then asked Timothy Oliphant, how do you know all this? Why do I trust you? Tim, now dressed in a Hawaiian shirt. You mean, how do you know this? John clearly did not understand, but looked down at the piece of paper for match one. Match one, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 10. Uh, I don't need to explain what happened. You've probably all seen it. Also, I didn't write what happened. Uh, Time cracked. A flash of light sent our super future Oscar winners backstage to a frozen in time Caesar's Palace match two. The Steiners versus the Head Shrinkers from WrestleMania 9. Obviously, we all remember these classics. I don't need to explain what happens in the matches. I, I mean, I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was there live. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> time crashed again, but began to overlap on itself. Wonder where's next? Timothy put his cowboy hat over his eyes like cowboys do in any movies when they try to sleep. He was obviously still naked. John watched as the capacity crowd cheer at the end of the match. Uh, and I'll stop there. Okay. I'm still not none the wiser what the hell is going on, but I'll go back to Carl uh, for his next match. Okay. Match three is Matt Riddle. This is Snoop Dogg. In a blunt on a pole match. How Disney of you. Yeah, this is this is my loophole that I was talking about earlier. But but don't worry. <laughs> uh, Your loop Disney's I've, loophole, their one weakness is Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I've I've fixed I've fixed it so it's a bit more Disney, don't worry. <clears throat> Instead of a when you say blunt, you actually just mean like it's a blunt knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's much more uh, but yeah. So the so the two combatants are in the, the ring, ready. Snoop Dogg, though he's, he's he's far too cool to actually try and wrestle and and fight Riddle. So he just leans back in the corner and lets Riddle climb up the turnbuckle and the pole to grab the spliff. <laughs> Riddle, spliff in hand, jumps back down, lights it up. Takes a huge drag, breathes it out, and then he passes it to Snoop Dogg. And they both stand, getting high together, in the ring. But what's that? The glass breaks. Stone Cold's music hits. Stone Cold comes down to the ring. He hits both Snoop Dogg and Riddle with Stone Cold stunners. Grabs a beer. Beer in hand, he says, don't do drugs, kids, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> and that is the third match. Don't, don't do drugs, but it's but a real amount of beer and spill it all over your face. <laughs> she booked an anti-drug message <laughs> where, where big drinker Stone Cold Steve Austin beats up the weed smokers. <laughs> In Florida, <laughs> where weed is legal. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's Disney, you know. 
Again, that's the most unrealistic. This is the most unrealistic one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yours is far more viable. I know. Timothy the old fan's getting naked all the time. Yeah, it's, it's getting quite homoerotic now, Nathan. Hey, I don't know how time works. He got naked in that one movie with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. My next match is for the WWE Championship. It's the Drew McIntyre defending against Sheamus, who, in my timeline, Sheamus is angry that he lost in the chamber uh, against Drew. So he challenged him as for his Money in the Bank briefcase and won it and then cast it in at WrestleMania. And basically, if you guys watched Fastlane, I know Nathan didn't, but if you guys have seen Fastlane, uh, think about that match that they had there and just at WrestleMania. You know, a very violent fight, you know. Seamus says how he gets when he's been in a proper fight where he's pale, just with a pink bit of his chest, like uncooked chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a broke kick versus the Claymore. I think they both had it, they both kicked it out. Seamus wants one more, and as he starts on, as he lost his leg, out of nowhere, Drew just hits the Claymore. One, two, three. Drew retains the championship at WrestleMania, and he has his moment in front of a crowd. You know, socially distanced and all. <laughs> but uh, our next match is Bailey. It's the semi main event. Bailey versus a mystery opponent. She's been annoyed that she's not in the women's title scene. She's annoyed that everybody's too selfish, in her words, to team with her to go after the tag team titles. So she says, I found my own opponent. She announced it on a special episode of Ding Dong Hall a couple of weeks ago. And she's been putting up these random training vignettes, talking, being very vague about her opponent, how it's going to be one of the biggest fights of her career, and she's going to have to train hard for it. She comes out, she grabs the microphone, my opponent, you all want to know who it is, well, it's going to be a long time coming. We've been at odds for a while, and finally we're going to settle the score here at WrestleMania. Uh, my opponent tonight is Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Cole just sits there calm to like, what? No, I'm not getting in the ring. And be like, come on, get in the ring. No, I'm not, I'm not coming to you. Get in the ring, Michael. No, I don't want you. And she, like, he gets in, he says, oh, I'm not wrestling. And she brings out, she gives him his old headgear from his WrestleMania 27 match. Like, put it on. I'm not putting it on. I'm not a wrestler. Like, come on, you're undefeated at WrestleMania. I need to break your streak. Like, no. <laughs> and they're both like, fine. Like, you know what? It looks like Bailey's like, realized this was silly to fight a commentator. She's like, okay, and they bring it in for all time's sake, give me a hug. hug. Bailey to Bailey. Referee won't count, so Bailey counts to pin herself. One, two, three. She celebrates as if she's won the women's title. <laughs> I did it. I beat Michael Cole. I'm the one in one in one. <laughs> <laughs> Out comes uh, Adam Pierce, who says, like, Bailey, you're one of the best when we've got on our roster. You deserve something better than beating a commentator. That. That does not care. That is not your match tonight. I've found you an opponent for tonight. And out comes Taya Valkyrie. Or Frankie Money, or whatever the fuck they're calling her now. But I'm calling her Taya Valkyrie. She and Bailey wrestle 15 minutes. Uh, Taya wins. But most of that was about Bailey versus Michael Cole. What's the dog there, though? Of course the dog was there. That's all right, then. The dog got his own pyro and everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Quite right. Uh, I've got a 24 7 segment. What dog? Taya's got a dog. And it's been, been in her vignettes. Okay. I'm going to read the 24 7 tale segment and then leave my main event night one for the next time we come around so I can like, finish the night two, the night one, and then go into night two and the one. Uh, the 24 7 segment of night one. Uh, everybody, everybody keeps trying to get to Braun Strowman, but he's most of everybody until he runs into Damien Priest to finally manage to a few kicks to knock uh, Braun Strowman off his feet. And he's got him laid out. But then Sami Zayn uh, pushes Damien Priest out of the way, steals the pin, gets back the 24 7 title. Like, yes, I knew they wouldn't keep me down. He runs away, runs around a corner, and you hear a voice off screen saying, Hey man, mind that cable. You're going you trip over that, you'll knock out the power to the whole building. Like, and Sam's like, what? Puts over his own feet and gets pinned by Raven. <laughs> uh, this is a reference to when Raven and a golf cart nearly took out the whole power to WrestleMania X7. And he just stands up within the camera, quote the Raven, 24-7 champ. That's not how Raven sounds, but... That would be such a <laughs> random person to bring back, to be Raven. I was actually on a podcast talking about WrestleMania X7 because it was 20 years like this year, and that's that's when I came up with the idea of bringing back. 20 years ago, Jesus Christ! So yeah, so I've got this my main event night one uh, to go, but I'll, I've got that. I'll get that next time I come round. So back to Nathan and uh, where our naked cowboys are up to next. <laughs> A perfectly normal thing. <laughs> so, so periods of time begin to crack and and overlap each other as time splits. Half the venue was now in perfect color, the other half in black and white, kind of like WandaVision. It's working, Cena said. He was clearly elated. He put pen to paper for match three. Match three, Savage uh, versus Ric Flair, WrestleMania eight. Next match, Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel, WrestleMania 7. I've really gone for the big hitters from these cards. Yeah, you have. <laughs> WrestleMania 6, Big Boss Man versus Akeem with Slick. Time began to overlap even more. Periods were nearly crashing into each other. Oliphant was now wearing half a bunny costume and half his uniform from season 4 of Fargo. Cena was now in his prototype gear, but still had his hustle, loyalty and respect sweatbands on. And obviously, a big chain. The next match taking place at WrestleMania 5's venue, 2005, Trish Stratus versus 2017, Charlotte Flair. See, time is, is fucked, guys, if you're not following this. We're doomed. Up next, 1998, Kane versus 2021, Fiend. Ooh, I thought that was pretty like good because the Fiend was like on fire. Kane likes fire. Now, we go backstage. You ever wonder who's doing this, brother? Timothy Oliphant said he was now a child with a big moustache. John Cena began to, to rattle around his brain. For a long time, he assumed it was the Fiend. That's where this all started, but no longer. There must have been some clues all around me, the real American said, but he just couldn't figure this out on his own. A loud time thunder ran around as several timelines crashed together. Nearly there, said old man Oliphant. 2015 New Day. Uh, versus 1982 Brain Busters, versus 2008 Miz and Morrison, versus 2000 Hardy Boys. And then I will stop there because then we're on to the pre-main event and then we get into the end game of my story. Have you guys figured it out yet? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, had it from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, game. I've got another five matches to go. Yeah. Oh, no, my main event isn't where it ends. Oh, oh, fair enough. I was the ma- the matches, was, the matches was, are just um, kind of secondary to the story. I just had to include matches, or Scott would have got mad at me. <laughs> I wouldn't too much. So instead, of writing, my, instead of writing hey, matches, yeah. I just stole them. From from old WrestleManias. <laughs> really, really, really taking advantage of that network subscription, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I pay Wikipedia a monthly subscription. Gets his, oh, gets his money worth. Yeah, okay then. So I was going to say, I thought, I was going to say, Carl could do a couple more matches every time he came to him if that was the end of yours, but if you still got a ways to go, then we'll yeah, keep just doing one match. I do want to point out that uh, you were saying that Carl uh, needed to stand by eight, and we are coming into seven, so let's. I think we've all got a long way to go. Ah, we'll be all right. Time doesn't work. So maybe <laughs> it says seven, but is it actually seven? Dun, dun, dun. Carl, what's your next match? Next <laughs> match is a Mighty Darts ice hockey match. With a SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Jesus, really pulling from some niche Disney moments, aren't you? Papa, it's just not niche. It's, it's even got a series out now. How dare you? So define everything. So it's a <laughs> bit like I don't know if you I don't know if you call it Wembley in your in your part of Britain when there's one goalkeeper and then. Several teams, and you're just trying to score goals. Yeah, yeah. That's one goalkeeper. It's 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 a similar setup to that. So you got your your tag teams, and they've got to score the most amount of goals in a 15 minute time limit. So you've got the Dirty Dogs versus Gable and Otis (laughs) versus the Street Profits versus a ragtag team of forgotten no hopers. Because this is Disney after all. Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Is Emilio Estevez there? Uh, he's in goal. <laughs> he got the coach. So, oh god, that would be so great if we could get Gordon Bombay. <laughs> so Ziggler and Ziggler and Rude surprise everyone by taking an early two-goal lead. But the street profits hit back to draw level. But there's Otis and his big frame, and he smashes everybody to the side, and he gets three goals, putting him and Chad Gable into the lead. But this is a Disney thing after all. So with only 90 seconds left, our two no hopers of Black and Murphy have it all to do. Some inspirational music pipes up out of nowhere. Black and Murphy grip their ice hockey sticks. They stare at each other. Pull fierce, angry faces. We can do this. And in the 90 seconds that are left, they run rings around their opponents and score four quick goals to put themselves back in the frame to put themselves back on TV, to be no-hopers, no more. They are now the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. 
End of match. <laughs> and they lift Gordon Bombay on their shoulders. He's got to save the Queen place. Uh, yeah. Very good, Carl. Very good. Scott is so uh, mad right now, Carl. <laughs> no, I just, I just, oh, I, I like it. I, I like your Disney. Like, you've got actual matches, at least, you know, and you've, you know, you've got, I like the Disney element of it. I just, I've never watched Mighty Ducks, so I can't really interact with every it. Every podcast, every podcast we do, we find out Scott hasn't watched a movie that everyone has seen. I can't remember what it was last time, but there was one. What? How can you not? What's the mighty? Du- right, you might not have been born when it came out because it was 1992, but that's no excuse. No excuse. I, mean, I haven't watched. It. I can't have watched it for the same reason I can't watch a lot of things. I have not. There's not been a point where I've sat down in front of a television screen where it's been shown. That's how you don't see things. That's no excuse. You're not really? Disney Plus. You're already paying for it, man. Do they not have Blockbuster in your day? Of they did. I bought, I bought one amount of shite in Blockbusters that I look back on. I didn't know it was shite at the time. <laughs> I love it. The, the amount of vignettes you could do with Gordon Bombay is just coaching Alistair Black <laughs> to play hockey. <laughs> amazing. We need to make this happen. <laughs> Carl's uh, definitely coming back for 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 these. Oh yeah, he's got good ideas. Oh no, don't put pressure on me. The man has. I ideas. like your master kid. There's a, there's every chance that Disney's going to seize this podcast. Cease and desist through the post. <laughs> so make sure you download this episode because every chance they're going to make us take it down. The the, the biggest cart case of 2021. Carl Pierce versus Disney. So, <laughs> my my main event of night one is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. In my version, uh, Bianca isn't the uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble. I'm still going with Rhea Ripley, who I had win the Rumble, uh, my Rumble fantasy booking, but it doesn't matter. This is probably going to be event night one already anyway. Uh, I remember putting this down. I don't really have anything to say about it. I think these two are the possibility of Belair putting together a match. It's much better than their recent build has been, and it's all based around them trying to outdo the other who's the true EST of WWE. So I just said it's hers because while she might not show off in the gym as Bianca does, she's still got the title. She's got this long list of legendary matches under her belt. There's also a bit where uh, Bianca does push ups while uh, while Sasha's down just to show how tough she is, and ends with uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, beating Sasha Banks for the title. They close out uh, night one. She's held up by on the shoulders of the Street Profits with Pyro going off and she's holding up the title. That's a uh, good booking. Mm-hmm. Night Scott, two. Scott's here to actually like be serious. I'm not, I, actually, I rarely do. I try to put in like again, silliness, but I'm always outclassed by other people. You're always just too busy making good wrestling shows instead of this, this, this load of kind of horse crap that me and Carl are coming up with. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just, I, I put more focus on the 24/7 title segments as you've clearly seen, uh, and stuff that Bailey's doing. 
to really think about the other match. So I just say, oh, these two have a match. It's a good match. Thank you. But night two opens with Rhea Ripley uh, versus Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, basically, in the same spot they were last year, with Charlotte now is the champion, Rhea Ripley being the Rumble winner going after the title. And obviously, Rhea was prepared for Charlotte to go after the life. So this time, Rhea Ripley's trying to take out Charlotte's leg. And she's trying to lock in the figure four on Charlotte. But obviously, Charlotte's you know, too smart for that. She's trying to get out of it. Uh, and then Rhea Ripley turns around to his old position to do basically a reverse version of the Texas Cool Relief. And she manages to lock uh, Charlotte in. Uh, it looks like Charlotte's going to tap. She gets to the ropes. Begins our epic queen comeback and sets Rhea up for the natural. Um, yeah, it's called natural space. That weird slip over and decker, I think she does. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but then Rhea grabs her, holds her up, spins her around with her arm tucked under, hits the riptide. One, two, three. I don't even know if that care is physically possible, but that's looking. Uh, Rhea kicks off <laughs> WrestleMania 37 night to winning the Raw Women's Championship from Charlotte Fair, getting your redemption from the year before. Uh, I've got one more 24-7 title get to kick us off night to, before I throw it over to Nathan. Let's hear it. you got Raven skulking about backstage uh, until he's confronted by Otis, who's got no shirt on for reasons. Like, oh, yeah, Raven. See, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> right, and he's just, basically he's just uh, distracting Raven to allow Chad Gable to sneak up behind him, roll him up, and Chad Gable wins the 24 7 title from Raven. <laughs> Is the idea of Raven being on a WrestleMania these days also just seems like the one of the most unrealistic things we've said? <laughs> So how's time? Is it is it repaired yet in your world, Nathan? <laughs> uh, so we just did the four-way tag that I did. Uh, so time continues to fold in on itself as we get to the pre-main event. 2003 Lita uh, faces 2020 Asuka, uh, which I think would be a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Thanks for signing off on it, Scott. You're <laughs> Lightning strikes the venue. Time and space have now come together fully. It kind of looks like the time tunnel from Doctor Who. Uh, John Cena flashes and teleports to the top of the ramp. His stupid trumpets start playing as Greg Hamilton announces that it's time for the main event before turning into Lillian Garcia and then Howard Finkel. Timothy Oliphant, dressed as John Cena, is next to Cena. Hustle, loyalty, respect. Let's do this. Oliphant runs down the ramp. Cena breathes heavy and then joins him. The venue freezes in time. Cena in the ring concentrates hard, doing his silly, angry face. What you gonna do, Cena? said Timothy Oliphant. A crack in time again. Boom. Cena is in the ring at WrestleMania 3 as Real American begins to blare out of the speakers. The arena is empty, but still, the sounds of cheers fill the entire place. It was Hogan? Cena confusingly says out loud. It all makes, makes sense, eh? Oliphant says, whilst he sat atop the turnbuckle, now dressed as a pilot for some reason. Why would Hogan want us here? Cena said. You mean you here? Replied Tim. It feels weird calling Tim for Oliphant Tim. 
The crowd <laughs> appears as time continues to hurtle in on itself. Hogan, now Hollywood Hogan, strums his NWO heavyweight title like an air guitar. This is wrong, Cena said. It isn't Hogan. Why would Hogan want to mess with time? He wouldn't use it to come here. He would, he would use it to delete that tape, and then everyone would like him again. And then he would be done with it. But time travel is also beyond Terry, Cena says to Oliphant, who is now a giant baby. Time travel requires more power, more money. It's locked by a door that normal people can't get to, said WWE's most loyal employee to himself. Hogan was still posing. Who could unlock the time travel door? Cena looked up to the sky. A forbidden door, perhaps, Oliphant said in a way that should make this all kind of come together. Cena's eyes get super fucking wide. A forbidden door, Cena whispered angrily. Time stopped, including Hogan. Cena's face continues to get more super fucking angry. And he screams, Khan! <laughs> in a reference really hopes everyone gets. <laughs> That's the end of it. See, it's now it's starting to make sense. As soon as you said forbidden door, I thought he's going to do the Khan. <laughs> <laughs> you who the other day said I don't know why I talk about fucking Star Trek or Star Wars when we were talking about William Shatner going in the Hall of Fame yeah, save it for when it counts genius he, had, he knew what he was doing all along this is genius fucking knife and... it's genius fucking uh, speaking of genius fucking car what's your next match <laughs> are you for this is match five. And if I was putting it up into two nights, this would be the main event of night one. But it isn't. It's just in the middle of the show, bizarrely. And it is. And all the women's belts belong to Charlotte Flair ladder match. So we have every belt, a SmackDown title, a tag titles, the NXT tag titles, NXT UK belt. They're all, they're all there. They're all on the ladder. Well, you know, above the ladder. You're, you're, you're with me. And, and Charlotte Flair's 24-7 title, that's there as well. That's on the line too in this match. And in this match, competing for all these championships is Charlotte Flair, obviously. Asuka, Ia Shirai, Sasha, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon and the Iconics. Yeah, Connick's are back. Yeah, well, as I said before, they've, they've, they're, they're the reigning tag team champions. They, they've defeated Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. But obviously, I haven't been able to pre-book any of this like you pass, so you just have to imagine it happen. Oh, that's going to be so difficult on this podcast to imagine things happening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you've lost us. <laughs> Balls. <laughs> anyway, I've lost my place now. Okay, the match starts with a massive brawl in the ring. Everyone just fighting it out, tooth and nail. But the, but the wily iconics slip out of the ring and grab a ladder, attempting to push the ladder under the ring ropes. But Sasha Banks, like Shawn Michaels to Razor Ramon, kicks the ladder into their faces with a baseball slide, taking them out of the match. Ooh. Yes. But as Banks turns around, she is met by a kick from Belair, who then flattens Sasha with the kiss of death finisher. Meanwhile, Charlotte 
has taken care of the rest of the field and quite handily, of course. This is Charlotte Flair. No one's a match for her. Plus, you know, I've worked too many names to remember, so I've just had to sort of <laughs> go, 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 go with it. <laughs> anyway, Charlotte sets up the ladder, the ladder that the Iconics previously slung into the ring. But, the, but then... Music hits. And as tradition, when music hits, Charlotte is forced to stop what she's doing and stare down the aisleway. Mm-hmm. Running down is Disney's Mulan. She's here in person. <laughs> Not an actress who played her. It's actually Disney's Mulan. She runs to the ring. Charlotte, taking her eyes off the strange... Woman running down to the ring, who she assumes must be Disney's Mulan, but can't be because she doesn't really exist. <laughs> Decides to hurriedly climb the ladder to grab all the titles that must be hers, but no, she's not quick enough. Mulan runs up the ladder, <laughs> hoists Charlotte up in the air, and jackhammers her off the ladder into oblivion. <laughs> The idea of her standing there and being confused as this animated person with this water is just hilarious. That's a live-action version as well. I mean... But you said it wasn't the live-action version. Well, you know, no, it's not, you know, it's it's actually Mulan. It's not It's not an actress portraying her. It's, it's you know, it's, it's weird Disney stuff. They've done some weird Disney stuff. Just let me... You've got yeah. ti- you've got tiny no, I, I thought you were telling it's not the live action one, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious! An animated character yeah, starts yeah. running towards that, people. If, if that's better, we'll, we'll go with that. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about like it, it was Mulan, as in like uh, the actress who played her, who was in the Mandalorian, who we were talking about the other day, was coming out. I thought, oh, that'll, <laughs> I'll I'll tie into what we were talking about the other day. No, it's just an animated or fictional character getting involved. <laughs> But anyway, but imagine it how you will. Everyone is lying out of it. The blood is set up. The belts are there, but they're taken. Billy Kay is the first wo- woman to pull herself into the ring and ascend the ladder agonizingly slowly, as they have to do in these ladders matches. No one else is able to move, and Billy Kay is free to reach up and grab all the championships. Billy Kay is now all your women's champions. I'll be choking me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, our impressions are getting real good. You're going to be choking me. All right, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's match five. Match five. Um, it's a shame you didn't do two nights because that would have been one hell of a main event. There would have been no topping it on night two. Well, yeah, but if we got to the main event, um, the, the the real main event. That was the real main event. <laughs> in our hearts, it, it probably in our was, hearts actually. it was. <laughs> my next match, on night two of my WrestleMania, is an eight-man tag team match. It is the Heart Business. Bobby Lashley, MVP, Derek Alexander, and Sean mentioned they did not break up. And I wrote this long before they broke up. Taking on team of Carlito, who's the ringleader, Dio Madden, 
Jane Thorne and Dominic Dijakovic. Yes, those are former members of Retribution, collectively known as the Cool Business. <laughs> but I've, I've never, I, I've never heard, I've never heard of this Dominic Dijakovic. I mean, I know who T Bar is and Mace, but you, you've lost me, Scott. Lost me. I don't know, I'm really getting to unrealistic territory here. <laughs> so basically, Carlito came out during a retribution like argument and said, "Like, you guys wearing masks, having stupid names. That's not cool." And he puts an apple <laughs> into uh, Ali's face. And now uh, the next week, they all debut wearing the same thing they're wearing here, which is they're all going by their real names and wearing Hawaiian shirts or. This colourful shirt to go like Carlito. <laughs> I'd love to say this. <laughs> and they all have uh, they all have uh, apples as well. They all wanted their own bits of fruit, but Shane Thorne wanted to carry a melon to the ring, and he was told that's not cool. Surely he'd want a kiwi. Surely, maybe the person writing this was a bit more clever. Uh, he would have thought of that, but he didn't. <laughs> yes, Hitman tag team match. You Jesus know, Christ! You got MVP and Carlito in the ring, like something out of mid two thousand SmackDown. And basically, this is about you know letting the guys of Richwish be themselves again, but slightly more laid back. And well. They all use their. There's a collective spot where all four of them spit out their apples and they did one member of the uh, the heart business's face. <laughs> uh, Lastly, locks in the the heart lock on Madden, but Carlito comes up from behind and hits him with the backstabber, uh, and Mace rolls through, gets the pin on Lashley. The cool business win. <laughs> the cool business. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I like how in real Lashley's like WWE champion, but he's Scott's one. He's fighting a load of fruit salesmen. This next match is basically taking place of like when we used to have the mind the back ladder matches, or when uh, we used to have like the battle royals. Uh, it's basically a six-pack challenge. Uh, I was going to make it a money in the bank ladder match, but I thought I've got a ladder match on night one, and I'd rather have a ladder match over the 24-7 title. Clearly means more. Uh, it's a six-pack challenge. Uh, the winner faces the winner of the Universal title match in the main event uh, at the next pay-per-view Money in the Bank. We've got Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin versus Nakamura versus Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is in this version. His, uh, his new Nigerian prince character, or whatever he he, before the match, he makes a, a promo where he dedicates the match to his friend who's sitting up, uh, who's sitting at ringside, the star of Coming to America, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. With a spear that was personally gifted to him by Wesley Snipes. And he, he points to a small smudge on the start, end of it, like, see, he autographed it and everything. <laughs> He charged me two grand for it, but he did it for me. <laughs> uh, so, then the match happens. It's basically a way to get a bunch of you guys on the card that I thought should be on the card. They all, they all hit their finishes on each other. 
uh, Rollins gets swung again and again and again by Nakamura until he runs over the barricade to the tank he was there to be sick. Uh, Daniel Bryan is uh, trying to work on the knees of Nakamura. Uh, Corbin steals Apollo's uh, spear, tries to break it, but he ends up hurting himself. Uh, Wesley Snipes laughs at him and King Corbin spits at him. He hits an uh, end of days on the outside to Apollo Crews. And then Wesley Snipes jumps the barricade and tries to throw the spear at Baron Corbin, but it only succeeds in knocking his crown, the crown off his head because, yes, Corbin wrestles with the crown on. <laughs> and then Wesley Snipes is escorted away by security, kicking, screaming. I was <laughs> <laughs> just convinced this isn't a show and this is actually a fight. <laughs> so he's like, motherfucker, I'm ending this. Eh... <laughs> uh, Nakamura goes for the Kinshasa, uh, but Cesaro throws him with the air, hits the, uh, the uppercut, uh, and then hits the neutralizer, pins his former tag partner, Cesaro wins the six-pack challenge, which, weirdly, all joking aside, is probably the most unrealistic part of my whole booking. <laughs> yeah, Wesley yeah. Snipes throwing a spear at someone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think I can probably leave it there for now. Let's I've got this. one, two, four matches left and a bunch of 24-7 title stuff. So I can break that up. Alright, I'll break the rest of mine up into sizable, into nice chunks for everyone. So, uh, yeah, we've just come off to Khan. John Cena screamed Khan. The crowd, Hogan and everyone bar Oliphant disappear. At the top of the up the ramp when one of those weird suits rich people have when they are too rich and bored walks out tony khan for a man who's as great as you this took a long time for you to work out john he said john like nikki bella does even after sacrificing <laughs> your child you just don't get it i now have control you had a child said oliphant john cena angrily retorts what is this tony in 2021 you have AEW and all your dad's money to make it great why time travel? What is the purpose of this hell? You've broken time. We need time. I do have a AEW, but it isn't enough. I want to own wrestling like McMahon does, but my great show couldn't do it. Even Mike Tyson couldn't help. We couldn't get more than like 800,000 live viewers. Yes, we have the demo, but everyone knows that ain't worth shit. I could use my, so I've realized I could use my dad's money and invest in time travel. You have never wondered why our production sucks despite me being so rich? We can't even use fireworks right. And that's because it's all invested in time travel. I went back in time to convince Time Warner Entertainment Group and Turner to end WCW. I even sent Russo to them and convinced him he was a great writer. I convinced Jeff Jarrett to start TNA. It was me, Cena, who stole all those FedEx checks Heyman tried to send to people to pay them in ECW. Cena sat down at this point looking a bit bored. I was the one who gave CM Punk that staph infection. It was me who subtly told Brock he could end Taker's streak, Cena yawned. I convinced uh, Ring of Honor to hire Enzo and Cass for that medicine streak. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to read too fast. For that uh, MSG show that nobody talks about anymore. And I did this all to bring WWE down, but they still had you, John. I just couldn't, but time. Sorry, I've lost my place. Uh, to bring WWE down, but they still had you, John. They had you the whole time. So I tried to use my technology to end you, but instead, I but instead I got lost in time. Sorry, guys, I wrote this so fast and it makes no sense at this point. 
Cena got up, yawned a little bit. That was a lot, Khan. You could have just maybe said it was you. Cena then noticed there was some sort of crystal around his neck. Presumably it was a time crystal. And we're just going to go with that at this point because there's no time to explain it, ironically. That's your ticket home, Oliphant said to Cena. Let's get it, Cena replied. Who are you talking to? said Tony Khan, confused. And I'm going to end it there before we go into the final part of my story. Final part. Yeah. I think when I come back to mine, I'm going to do the next two or two matches. Uh, and then after you do your bit, I've got, my, I've got two more matches to end mine. Oh, you said you have a uh, match to list four? Yeah, so should I do two matches next then as well? Yeah, you, you do two matches next. Rightio. So, it is me now, isn't it? The, the next match, match six, is The Fiend versus Randy Orton in a Disney musical match. <laughs> I mean, we, can't, we can't have people setting them each other on fire and all that malarkey. It's Disney now. It's settled you know, as gentlemen settle things in Disney with a sing-song. <laughs> <laughs> So deep, deep in the magic forest, Princess Alexa Bless is singing outside her little wood cottage, <laughs> surrounded by wooden creatures. The fiend awakes from his sleep and joins Alexa and the animals in their singing and dancing. But there's evil, evil lurking in those woods, a darkness that's creeping towards Alexa and the fiend's cottage, scaring off all the animals as the darkness creeps ever closer. And emerging from that darkness is Randy Orton. He's here to finish the job he started. But whatever pay-per-view it was, he burned him. I can't remember now, it's that long ago. It's over, Randy tells the fiend. No, cries the fiend. It's only just beginning. You see, Randy, even everything you've done to me, I forgive you. Because after all, this is Disney. Shut. Randy takes a step back and the fiend bursts into a happy, moving song that makes everyone feel good about themselves. I was actually going to try and write a song, but then I couldn't be asked. So we'll just have to go to the, next, the last section of this match where Randy Orton moved to such extent he has a tear in his eye he apologises to the fiend he wipes the tear from his eye they embrace and share a hug and they all sing and live happily ever after that (laughs) is match six it's a good match match seven then I better do match seven is Drew versus Bobby Lashley versus Captain America, or Chris Evans, if you will, for the WWE title match. Nice. That's nice. a good match. It's a triple threat match. We, we needed more. So WrestleMania needed more superheroes. That's what it was missing. So we have Captain America. This is a hard-hitting match between three beefcakes. Drew nails Lashley with a stiff clothesline, but is met by a huge haymaker from Captain America. 
Drew is stunned at first, but strikes back, trading blows with Captain America until Lashley nails a cap with a spear out of nowhere. But Drew nails Lashley with a future shot DDT and attempts a pinfall, but is thwarted by Captain America, who now, remembering that triple threats have no rules, has brought his shield into the match. And he hammers both Lashley and Drew with his um, vibranium shield. I forgot what he's really made out of that. And, <laughs> and takes both wrestlers out, making sure he pins the actual champion, Lashley. Captain America hooks the leg with a one, two, three. And Captain America is your new WWE champion. Of course he is. Amazing. I'm just, I'm just sad about your that you didn't have more time before you came on. I would like to know what kind of song you would have wrote. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was fully intentional of trying to write a song and even having a, even though I can't sing, stab at singing it. But then I thought, no. <laughs> Could ask one of us to sing it. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I we would have done it. But, you know, I it's too late. All right, I just couldn't think of anything. All right, happy now. <laughs> well done, we're all friends here. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, looking at it, I think I've actually got quite a bit to go. So across these two jumps, I'll uh, in this next one, I'll uh, run through it so that in the last uh, part when it comes back to me, I've only got two matches in a twenty-four-seven thing to go. So, so I'll get to these next two matches. Uh, Chad Gable is backstage. He's trying to tie his shoelaces and he's bent over. He gets hit with a scissors kick and Booker T beats him to become the 24-7 champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you dig that sucker? Uh, <laughs> uh, we go to the ring. Uh, Santos Escobar, the Cruiserweight champion. Uh, I wrote this before the whole thing about the ladder match. So let's just say he won the ladder match. Uh, uh, he comes out, he says, there's no more competition for me in NXT. So I've come here to WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all, to ask who can answer the challenge of the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And who, who indeed? And the answer is Reginald. <laughs> Reginald the Somali comes out. The Carmelo's music, obviously. And he comes out, he steps up to Santos Escobar, he doesn't take him seriously at first. It was called with a hurricane runner by, by Reginald. And then he makes short work of Santos's lads, uh, Mendoza and uh, Wild. Santos gets angry, goes after the arm of uh, of uh, Reginald. The match is pretty much one-sided for the rest of it until he tries to get a champagne bottle and the referee takes off him. But Reginald has a tiny champagne bottle in his pocket. He drinks a drink of it. Fits the champagne in the eyes of Santos Escobar. Super kick, minsalt, Reginald is the champion. <laughs> Gone, Reg. The error of the Somali has begun. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And then Reginald says, I probably have to leave. I'm not going to have to be able to. I'm not going to be able to drink the champagne going forward. I have to stay under 205. <laughs> Next up. It's the Battle of the Canadians as Edge takes on the newly heel Kevin Owens. 
Um, Edge uh, came back. He's in the Rumble, but he didn't win it. Uh, he sold his his feud with Orton in the lead up to the Rumble, and then he lead up to Mania. Uh, Owens was uh, trying to be was on the cutting edge, uh, the cutting edge uh, talk show with Edge, and forgotten what Edge's talk show was. But uh, Edge was trying to comfort Owens after another loss uh, for the Universal Title. Owens just snaps, attacks Edge, and power runs him on the apron, which causes Edge to set a challenge for WrestleMania between the two. Basically, a brawl. It's a no DQ match. Uh, there's a Edge keeps avoiding the power bomb on the apron, uh, and but Owens does win after a pop up power bomb. He hits a second one, and he goes to the third and decides nah, and then he puts Edge away after delivering a concerto uh, to Edge. And Edge puts over Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Dang. That's good. Wow. Yeah, I like it. I have a couple more segments and then I'll, I'll hand it over to Nathan. Backstage, Booker T is going by shaking people's hands. Look at me. I'm the 24-7 champion. Uh, Shucky ducky quick quick and all that. Until <laughs> uh, so he runs out of tightest on the early. So I you know, think he congratulates someone on the Warrior Award and everything. And he says, there's a random next time who we don't recognize who's got a camera. He says, Oh, can you do a spinner rooney for me? I want to show this video to my sons. They love the spinner rooney. And Booker T just indulges him. But as he bends down, he starts doing his whole spinner rooney. He just puts him in the face. This guy reveals that he was a disguised referee who then counts the pin for Titus, the first ever 24 7 champion, regains the title. Final <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit before I hand back over to Nathan. Sami Zayn comes out to the ring very angry. He doesn't have his camera crew with him anymore because. Yeah, he says that even they were against them. Conveniently, the camera wasn't recording when Braun Strowman attacked me. So they're in on it. You know, what is even happening to the WWE anymore? Has everybody gone mad? People are throwing each other through walls. People have got spears. We've got Somalis winning titles. Why is everyone showing me such disrespect? Do you not know who I am? I am your champion. I am the champion of the people. Do you hear me? I am the champion of the people, if you smell what the rock <laughs> <laughs> out comes the rock uh, because you know fight they've got Lord finally and the, t- the tagline of Wrestlemania this year so out comes the rock he basically runs down and he's like look at you you crazy ginger hair all over the place cocking him out everyone's against you this is everybody knows undisputed fact that you are a jackass <laughs> and he's like I got, I got mad respect for you you did all this work to prove there was a conspiracy against you. You made yourself a movie. You know what? The Rock respects that. The Rock's a big deal in Hollywood, you might not know. That I could show your move to some people. And so I was like, really? Really? Let's shake on it. God, you're dumber than you look. Rock bottom for The Rock. Uh, <laughs> and The Rock poses for about 10 minutes uh, before we go to our next match. But I'll cut back to that after Nathan gets this. <laughs> I think he's posing the 24-7 title for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, yeah, we just said Khan asked Cena who's he talking to, and he's talking to Timothy Oliphant. And now back to Cena. Khan, it isn't too late. We can go back. You could just build your audience with a strong, well-produced product, Cena generously suggested. You think there is time to do that? The angry rich boy said. With these angry wrestling nerds always critiquing everything, some of them have podcasts and give their opinions on it all the time, thinking they're so much smarter than us. We have Sting, Christian, Jericho, Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show, Mike Tyson, and we could still only just beat WWE's Academy. No, 
I need to make sure you're broken by time. I'm never there. I'm never there, John. I need you everywhere, but nowhere. You're everywhere, a confused Oliphant said. Ruthless aggression, Cena cried. Khan gets in the ring. What did you just say to me? Ruthless aggression, Cena cries Cena as he levels Khan with a huge right hand who disappears just before he hits the ground. Khan reappears behind Cena and stabs him in the head with a rich boy knife. Time begins to fold in on itself more for John, uh, for John, who is now dead. But something Tony Khan didn't expect to happen happens. Who are you? Khan said to a mysterious figure with weird hair. Hello, sir. I'm 2021's John Cena. Trumpets begin to fill the timeless void and more and more John Cena's appear, even an old man John Cena who still is wearing jorts. John Cena Prime stands at the front of this army of Cena's and gets in the face of Tony Khan. Never underestimate an army of John Cena's, Cena Prime said in a way that makes it sound like this has ever happened before. Khan panics and presses a button on his rich boy watch. The roof of this void, which is still in the appearance of a stadium, blows off and thousands of time aliens fly down and begin your classic fight scene. Lasers everywhere. Cena's flying around doing Cena things. Cena Prime gets the crystal from Khan and smashes it. Time flies around and they flash into the center of Tampa, Florida. Many hours go by and piles of Cena's and time aliens lay on the streets of Tampa. Cena Prime breaks the neck of the last one as a bloody and battered Khan tries to crawl towards a rich boy revolver he tried and failed to use moments ago. As he goes to grab it, an awesome cowboy uh, boot stands on his hand. Khan looks up to see 2014 Timothy Oliphant staring back at him. Boy, you done fucked up, said the awesome guy. Cena nods at Oliphant, who nods back. John gets the crystal out of his back jaw pocket and crushes it more in his hand until it is nothing. Time flashes. We're back. It's April, April 11th, 2021. John Cena goes wide-eyed. He's in a trailer wearing a strange outfit that kind of looks like armor. Oh, no, John says to himself. He looks around the trailer, but no Oliphant. Tim, where are we? Cena panicking until he notices a pile of paper on a desk. HBO Max's Peacemaker show, working title in parentheses, written on the front. A knock at the door startles John as an intern shouts, five minutes until call time, Mr. Cena. John Cena was back home. And that's the end. Wow. 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 I feel like, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> wow. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> he fixed time. What a, what a true hero John Cena is. And Timothy Oh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, true, true. True. <laughs> so, thank you. This is the, the true finale to the, the Cena Chronicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? So, this is the true finale to the Cena Chronicles. Well, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Depends if we get a budget for another year. <laughs> we have a budget. <laughs> uh, I heard who does have a budget. Disney. Let's back to Carl. Great segue. Okay, and you can see we're riding through on that segue. Match eight. Match eight. The penultimate match of the night is for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, now with both the Usos, takes on Edge. 
and Daniel Bryan in a head of the table food fight match. The last man standing will be declared the universal champion. Oh my god. What what food do they go for? Oh, basically mostly custard pies because you know Disney are rich, but they're still cheap and you know they like a classic. <laughs> and angry Roman Reigns, he throws a custard pie at Edge and it hits the R-rated superstar square in the face. He retaliates with a pie of his own as Brian throws a tray of something I can't read at Edge. Bollocks my crappy handwriting. Canapes. That's what it is. Right. It was canapes. It's full-blown madness as food and drink are flying in all directions. And the match comes to an end when the Usos step in to help Roman Reigns taking that edge with a crescendo of custard pies as Roman spears Brian through the table, snapping it in half and badly wounding Daniel Bryan. Jimmy and Jay help Roman to his feet, brushing off some of the food off the head of the table's um, wrestling gear. Roman stands tall, hoisted by both Uso brothers. Still, your universal champion. And then we get to match nine. The main event. This is where it all happens, gentlemen. Walter versus Lee Pace in a who <laughs> has the best entrance music match. This feud this started back when Walter listened to that Rogue Opinions um, knock, knockout competition to decide who had the best entrance music and somehow Lee Pace won even though he doesn't have any entrance music, which befuddled and angered Walter. So he challenged him to this match at WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all. Walter, he thinks he has this all worked out in full, full suited and booted. He brings out the London Philharmonic Orchestra and starts conducting them as they play a traditional theme music, Beethoven's Sympathy Number no. Nine. <laughs> as they as they finish playing Sympathy Number no. Nine, the crowd applaud, standing on their feet, a standing ovation. How can Lee Hayes possibly top this? He doesn't even have. Theme music, how is he going to win? But Lee, he has an ace up his sleeve. He brings out Kyle Gass and Jack Black, Tenacious D. They start <laughs> playing, and they just so happen to play the greatest theme in the world. Yes, it was the greatest theme in the world. <laughs> Just I, really, like that. I thought you were going to say that he just walked out <laughs> and he had no entrance. <laughs> just like that, Lee Pace is declared the winner. And he still has the best entrance music. But Walter wow. 
isn't going to take this lying down. He gets into the ring and he chops Lee Pace into oblivion, ending WrestleMania. Ah, what a way to end it as well. Also, you thought I was going to say your name, but you were going to be in my WrestleMania, and yet technically we're all in yours because more companions exist in this world because Walter. Well, that is one hell of a way to end end your WrestleMania, Carl. I applaud you. Thank you. I have two matches left and my semi-main event is a cinematic match it is a Firefly Funhouse match not just any Firefly Funhouse match a Firefly Funhouse tag team match we have The Fiend and Alexa Bliss taking on Randy Orton and Asuka Open up, you know, the same the theme song, really happy that you're our friend. Uh, you have Alexa and a funhouse page, they're like, Hey everybody, we're gonna have some new friends with us today. And like, and today they're gonna teach us a new language. And uh, whenever they show up, ask a speech in Japanese, but Bray's edited it so that colourful subtitles come up so that the kids that are watching the funhouse can learn Japanese and also, when Randy Orton speaks randomly, Japanese subtitles appear when he speaks. <laughs> uh, Randy Orton is given a bag by Ram- Ramblin' Rabbit. He goes, smells awful in there, man. It's a uh, reference Randy Orton taking shits in people's bags when he was younger. <laughs> Such a niche reference. <laughs> Randy goes, like, tearing through the funhouse looking for a break, finds a ring. He sees the funhouse bay. He finally thinks he has him where he wants him. Sets him in position for a punt. The last second he punts Huskus the pig boy uh, to reference the fact that he punted Huskus Husky Harris off of TV. And then he turns around like, where the hell did Bray go? Bray sitting up on the turnbuckle like, I'm over here, Randy. You can get me. And then just there's a bit of a like interference with the uh, TV. And it's suddenly it's, it's Bo Dallas sitting there Wearing the, <laughs> the big white sweat, it's like, all you have to do, Randy, is believe. And Randy Orton is always a hell of poor Dallas. We get a cameo from uh, John Cena dressed in his peacemaker attire. Oh, he stole my homework as well. He's just copying <laughs> us, Nathan. This isn't going to fly. I wrote this a long time ago. Leave me alone. Meanwhile, Asuka is reminded of our, our undefeated streak and it's like Alexa Bliss invites her into the ring and says, or are you not ready? And then there's a glitch and she's wearing Asuka's mask and then suddenly has face paint similar to Asuka and Asuka's freaked out and then she goes to attack, Bliss, Bliss disappears and then suddenly Bliss reappears dressed as a pirate and it's like, what happened to your friend? Did you not help her? And then it's the when Kerosene was being attacked by Bailey. And she called for Asuka to help her. And, like, she's gone. And it's all your fault. And Asuka starts freaking out. Uh, John Cena dresses Peacemaker confronts Randy Orton. And Randy Orton says, like, what the hell are you dressed like that for? You look like a dick. You, you're you a dick. Eat a dick. I stand for liberty. 
And John Cena falls and knocks into a door, and John Cena throws off his piece of gear like, but there's a door there. I'm free. I'm flying that John Cena has been trapped in the funhouse, forced to play Peacemaker uh, for the last year since the last funhouse. I like, freedom! And uh, it's like, oh man, you let our friend go. He's not going to like that. And then uh, finally, like, and suddenly Brandy Orange get lifted up on Alexa Bliss's shoulders because somehow in the funhouse, Alexa Bliss has that strength. Uh, Bray Wyatt does, gives him Brandy Orton a thumbs up and then gives him a thumbs down. And as Randy Orton drops down, the fiend catches him into a mandible claw and just puts Randy Orton to sleep. I think I had another idea and I've forgotten that. Serious. Serious ending. Yes, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure there was another part to this. Ah, well, I've forgotten it now. Uh, also, uh, we don't know what happened to Asuka. Tune in to Asuka has disappeared. Alexa Bliss has her now. Will we ever see her again? I'm starting to think that Jimmy was the, the glue that held this together. He's not here and everything's just falling apart. <laughs> oh, no. So Alaska Biss stole, stole Asuka because uh, that's where this all started. A year ago, Alexa Bliss stole John Cena. I think, I think Scott's, Scott's pitching his own, his own kidnapping. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the culmination to this epic 24-7 saga. Titus O'Neil has been chased by this gang of the roster and he's led him out to the stage underneath the pirate ship. And everybody's fighting. People are throwing each other off the stage. When who should swing in on a rope and drop everybody? But pirate Paul Burcho. Depends. Titus O'Neil to become the 24-7 champion. It's like, ah, oh, I had... Ah, I have found the gold. Have one more go at a pirate voice. Have one more go at a pirate voice. I'm not in the pirate voice. He said, I found my treasure. And he goes to, he has a rope hanging from the pirate ship. He goes to the car cleaner, the rope drops, and he looks up, and who's standing atop of the pirate ship? But Kyrie Sane, who then does a large elbow drop onto Paul Birchall and pins him for the 24-7 title then, and she gets her own rope that's lowered down by Alan Tudyk dressed as Steve the Pirate from the movie Dodgeball and he <laughs> he has to leave he's actually seeing the pirate ship even the, the pirate ship isn't moving anywhere and Carrie Sane poses with the 24-7 title upon the pirate ship <laughs> that's that's the feel-good ending we all want from Wrestlemania oh it's not over yet because we oh. have the main event of the evening. It is title versus title. Winner takes all Intercontinental Champion Big E taking on Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Ooh, I like it. You got the big match feel, you got as Big E the shot of him walking backstage with a new day behind him, you know, hyping him up. And the and then this time Woods uh, does the introduction for Biggie the Oh WrestleMania? Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your future undisputed Universal Champion and feel the power. And out comes the new day, Biggie looking all serious. You know, he, he's doing the choppy sounds like he used to do that in the old days. Roman Reigns does a similar walk to the ring with the Usos behind him. 
Uh, and he's coming into the ring, especially big fight feel. There's brawling with the New Day and the Usos on the outside before they're all sent to the back. Roman Reigns hits multiple spears on Big E, but Big E won't stay down. Big E goes for the big ending. Uh, Roman Reigns locks in the guillotine, but Big E's too strong. He powers out of it, lifts him back up into a big ending. But Roman gets his foot on the rope. Roman Reigns is just angry, like, stay down. He goes to grab the universal title's weapon. Referee takes it off him. As referee's turn around, he low blows Big E, goes to lock in the guillotine. But Big E rolls through, lifts him up for another big ending. Gets out of it. Roman goes for a Superman punch. He knocks Big E back, but Big E hits a spear of his own. One, two, Roman Reigns. And Big E goes to the top rope. Uh, Roman goes to the ground. He tries to lock in the guillotine, but Big E carries it again. Big ending off of the top. One, two, three. Big E is the <sighs> and Universal Champion at the same time. As the pyro goes off, that's your feel-good ending for WrestleMania as the New Day comes in to celebrate with Big E. And they all start clapping clapping with the crowd. Big E rocks. Big E rocks. Where's your hashtag for when this goes out? Hashtag Big E rocks. It's a beautiful ending. That's great. As always, you've pitched a show that will be vastly superior to anything the WWE does. (laughs) I think (sighs) Wow. Maybe he'd be bought by Disney. And I mean, why the hell did they go with Peacock? Why don't you just put it on Disney, the network on Disney Plus? You know, stars on there. You got fucking likes of Die Hard is now on Disney Plus. Why can't the network be there as well? You said that like it's a bad thing. Like what? The Die Hard stuff. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, if you can have Die Hard, like that, why can't you have the WB? Like, you've seen some of the stuff that comes with Star? 24 is on it. 24 is on there. This, this, this podcast is sponsored by oh, Disney wow. Plus. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty wild if you went on Disney Plus. It was like, oh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Stars, National Geographic, WWE. <laughs> it would be, be a real weird, like, juxtaposition. Uh, we can't do any worse than what Peacock are doing with it. There's quite a, quite a lot of unhappy Americans out there by the signs of it. Yeah, he gives a fuck. Uh, it would give it a couple of years when we're angry like oh fucking BBC iPlayer they edit, started editing content that they don't like on the network again BBC iPlayer <laughs> <laughs> they use taxpayers money to buy the rights to WWE well, I'm trying to think of a um, stream service but, like in the UK because we don't have Peacock over here no Peacock is a terrible name for a streaming service it really well, because, is. Well, yeah. Because it's done by NBC and their mascot is a peacock. Ah. It doesn't make it good. I know it doesn't make it good, but it, it makes sense when you think about it from that perspective. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Peacock is the best. Yeah. Unless you're... I mean, we say that now. I mean, we, we still got the network. Yeah, it doesn't, Most, it doesn't affect us in any way. <laughs> I mean... I mean I think some of the edits that they're making are going to carry over your like the nation of domination segment being edited out. Yeah, I think like people get mad about that, but a lot of the stuff they're editing out was also just garbage. So, yeah, I mean, like, who's going to watch that apart from people for their podcasts? Probably, <laughs> just yeah. podcasters that are angry because they're <laughs> <laughs> shit. We can talk about how 
how racist it is. But I think I was having a discussion with some people about it the other day, and it's a case of like, oh, we're editing it out because it isn't at the time. But like, if it is, this is you denying it happened. If you keep it on, then you you admit that yeah, this is wrong. But it was we didn't think so at the time. Oh, MSNBC has other ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will Co going to be blurred out in all those matches? <laughs> Hopefully, Dolph Ziggler does. <laughs> <laughs> Forget he exists. <laughs> uh, but, guys, this is great. It was. I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so did I have my first introduction into your wacky world of booking. <laughs> it is a insanely wacky world. Uh, so we're glad you're here, Carl. We hope you come back. I shall. I shall. If I can think of some decent ideas. Yeah, you um, do. You're good. Next next time we need to go back to the well for content. Not <laughs> <laughs> going back to the well. I had, we've had this idea for a while to do this. It's just taken us this long to get it done. This is true. Join us next time when we fantasy book. Whatever's after WrestleMania these days. <laughs> well, it's money in the bank, but I don't think anybody wants to see, wants to hear us pass a bit money in the bank. Why don't we do a year of AEW instead? Sure. Is, your, is yours going to be more about Tony Khan's investments in time travel? <laughs> no, that timeline's over now. <laughs> until until we rebook it in ten years' time. <laughs> so yeah, who knows what we're going to. We're going to book next, but we'll think we'll just now go into the plugs, Carl, as our guest on this booking as your first time. Please give us your plugs. Right. You can find me at Carlos underscore fire 80 on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can check out other podcasts I do for Rogue Opinions with Liam. There's Rogue Chronicles, where we discuss uh, popular villains of um, film, TV, and comic books. There's another podcast that I now do with our very own Scott, Team Godfather, putting together to talk about The Mandalorian. So <laughs> tune in for that one. And there's also Banter Munich, the football pod, which I do with Liam and Reese. So check that out. Nice. Yes, I was very happy to hop aboard this uh, intergalactic whole train to join you for the Mandalorian. <laughs> Looking to record sometime later this week. Uh, so well, the next episode will be very soon. Do check out our old season one where we talked about not just the Mandalorian, but some news about some upcoming uh, shows in the Star Wars universe that are coming out soon, like Obi-Wan and The Bad Batch. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Follow my other progress, Scott and Paul's rambling progress at SB Realm. We've got and then bad episode coming out in the next day or so. Uh, you can find me on Eat Sleep Super Retreats, Facebook and YouTube over the next couple of days for WrestleMania where we do live uh, previews an hour or so before the kickoff show every each night. And we are funding the card. You can see how right or wrong we are. You can tell us that you disagree with us in the comments. And obviously Rogue Opinions uh, I'm recording Smackdown tomorrow, so hopefully Smackdown will be out uh, media Sunday. That's where I'm hoping it to be out for. And continue on that, so you check out episodes of that and all our other fancy booking pods that we've done in the past. And where Jimmy was not too cool to you know, hang out with us and keep this pod together. Uh, but Nathan, what are your plugs? Yeah, it's 
really silly for rogue opinions at rogue underscore opinions uh uh, my series, the Naked Men podcast, will be back this weekend, coming as well when you listen to it, WrestleMania weekend. So probably not WrestleMania weekend, actually, probably early next week. And uh, yeah, find me at Nathan Greenaway. You can find me talking about football or slash soccer on Project Dits. It's at Project D-I-T-S every week on Plus at a time with my co-host Dara. Um, I have a comedy scripted podcast that in sport will be back uh, hopefully next week. Uh, as well for a very special episode that's at that in sport or just type that in sport into any of your podcast apps and you can find it there very good thank you for joining us for this crazy fast we can pause thank you for sticking with us i will say goodbye and justice for aiden mcgregor damn right time to end